Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. Fizz.org reports that a University of Manchester researcher is developing a new prototype tool for transforming the lives of blind people. PhD student Vaz Zornpazutis is improving the white cane. Mr. Zornpazutis is supplementing the cane with a low-cost implanted computer. The computer works like a car parking sensor. Both the new sensor and cane allow blind people to sense the surrounding environment beyond their own cane's physical length. The new device is called My Smart Cane. Vaz is here to tell us about this futuristic cane. Welcome to the show, Vaz. Hello, Brian. Thank you very much for uh, having me in your show. Let's get to know you first. You're a PhD student at the University of Manchester School of Electrical and Electronic Engineering. How did you decide for engineering to be your major, and what do you want to do with a PhD in electrical and electronic engineering after you graduate? Uh, well, I was always uh, curious in uh, my life. I was always playing with uh, electronics devices, trying to break them down and then fix them again. <laughs> and uh, I guess um, uh, from that, I, I wanted to I, – I, I saw many – things that I didn't like while I was growing up uh, in Greece. And uh, hence, I understood that that was a way that I could engineer a better world. Mm-hmm. I see. But that's quite an educational career goal. Good luck with getting in the doctorate. Now, we want to learn more about all about my smart cane. What was the inspiration for developing this special mobility tool for the visually impaired? I understand that the inspiration came from a very special relative of yours. Exactly, Brian. Uh, the inspiration came from uh, my mother. Um, she's the main inspiration as uh, she is actually visually impaired. Uh, furthermore, my mother has uh, the Usher syndrome as she has uh, hearing issues, uh, hearing loss as well, unfortunately. So how, how can she see exactly? Can she see at all? Uh, yes. So my mother has uh, retinitis pigmentosa. Um, it's, uh, as she has described it to me, uh, basically she has very low peripheral vision, which uh, is um, getting lower and lower by the years and um, has pretty much no vision during the night, which makes it really impossible for her to go out by herself for a walk or uh, for a stroll. So you understand the struggles that visually impaired people face, I'm sure, when navigating with a traditional white cane. What did you observe and what are some of the struggles that you think visually impaired people face when they're using the average cane? Some of uh, the struggles that I understood from my mother was uh, bumping into people and obstacles. That was the main frustration. In uh, Greece, the pavements uh, for the blind people uh, are not very well constructed. So sometimes they lead into dumpsters, for example, causing even more falls or trips. After that, it's also very difficult for her to walk alone during the night if she wants to go anywhere. 
Therefore, I found and I have felt her frustration when she falls into an obstacle. Um, I have understood how difficult it is for her. And I have uh, understood also that in its character to find your confidence once again and uh, being able to go out in the world by yourself. So traveling at night and the bumps and the falls, these are the average struggles that a lot of blind and visually impaired face when they're traveling. How does my smart cane plan to help the blind overcome the struggles and expand their use of the white cane? Well, for uh, starters, uh, it will hopefully provide uh, an extra cushion of uh, confidence. Uh, it will eliminate pot any potential injuries from any obstacles, from any bumping into others, and uh, all this frustration that comes with it. Currently, it will notify you if uh, there is a close-by obstacle in your range that, and tries to, to notify you to avoid it. Now, you've got an ultrasonic sensor that sounds really cool for this cane. But before we get into the nuts and bolts about the cane, we want to know more about how you started working on the project for developing my smart cane. It all started during your industrial placement at National Instruments, or NI for short. They're a company that provides flexible and powerful technology solutions. Tell us more about this placement and how this special opportunity gave you the chance to create this remarkable new invention. Um, as part of uh, my degree, I was a little bit undecisive if I wanted to work in industry or into academia. So before choosing a PhD, I wanted to take a step back and go to the industry for a year to check if that was something I could do for the rest of my life as well. Therefore, I chose National Instruments for that year. As part of their placement scheme, the interns have the opportunity to build a project, anything that they like, with uh, the company's resources to demonstrate their creativity. What basically they're trying to do is uh, build cool projects with a small budget that anyone will be able to replicate if they want it by themselves later on. You can see all different kinds of projects, fun projects uh, or something a little bit more sophisticated. For me, I chose to build a prototype as a proof of concept to see if a sensor at the white cane can transform its function as we all know it. This must have been a perfect opportunity for you to create My Smart Cane, to prepare for the My Smart Cane project. You talked to current white cane users. What did you talk to them about and what were your takeaways from your conversations with them? Once I found out about that, the potential of the project, the first time that I went home after that to visit my parents, I spoke with uh, the person who taught mobility to my mother. She basically has experienced many of the struggles and have taught to many individuals how they can get over them, how they will be able to, to guide themselves at uh, my city, my town. I gathered information about both the advantages and the disadvantages of the cane, which was very crucial for my design. Some of the advantages of the cane, for example, was that it's uh, lightweight, it's compact, and it's easy to fold. And it's also very recognizable and uh, simple into its use. One of the major disadvantages, for Greece at least, that uh, we don't pay that much care of the trees on the roads is uh, there is no overhead detection for any branches or any even road signs. Also from that conversation, I got introduced to other smart cane and other technologies like hats or caps that uh, 
you were meant uh, they have sensors to notify you if uh, there is a human closing by or an obstacle approaching. Now you're talking about those audible chirps, right? From the ultrasonic yes. sensor that detect the distance between the nearby object and the new cane. There's a yes. series of chirps made, many variations of, in numbers of chirps made. So how many chirps are made for each distance, both close to and far from, for instance, say, a set of stairs, or the curb on a sidewalk, or even the lemonade stand? The ultrasonic sensor that uh, I chose for that prototype has uh, great functionality. For the help of uh, the, com the computer that I used, I have uh, limited down uh, its, detection uh, its detection limit to just a few uh, steps away from the user. I haven't chosen to expand the, the cane further than close by future, the few next steps of you. So it really depends on each instance because the conversion is analog. Sometimes if you don't have any obstacle for the next few, three few steps of you, then you're taking no crisps, nothing. You can listen everything on the external environment perfectly clear. And when you're approaching to an obstacle, then you're getting the, the feeling, the notification that uh, there is something there, I will bump into something. That might be easy to understand, but how do the users hear the sounds? Fizz.org explains one specific way. What's that way? Yes, so currently uh, the user can use uh, their own headphones or earphones to connect them to the computer that they use. Later iterations, they will have different way of feedback and uh, they will not, they will have a way to connect the earphones or um, anything that you would like with the cane itself instead of an external computer. The embedded computer you mentioned also contains this swift enclosure housing the sensor, which is actually located in the cane's bottom. How does that enclosure keep the ultrasonic sensor from breaking and becoming unreadable for blind people who need the audible chirps to find the nearby curbs and sidewalk? Very good question, Brian. Currently, the only thing that uh, has changed to the cane is uh, just the very bottom, the tip of it. For the prototyping purposes, I chose to 3D print the enclosure as a plastic ABS material, provided the enclosure for uh, the sensor. After that, I connected the enclosure as uh, you connected the bottom of the tip that you can change it on your current white cane, past all the cables that existed from inside the cane alongside the elastic band. Because of the fast prototyping, that enclosure is uh, plastic. Later iterations uh, will feature a more rigid and uh, more durable enclosure, which will not have any issues of breaking while the user is using the cane. That's pretty neat. My smart cane has also got some special software hardware and a code to help the device do its job. In simple terms, what's the software hardware and code for the new cane. When I was looking at it on one of the websites, I noticed that it looked pretty complicated. From the first step, it uh, looks kind of complicated because it's not as the conventional software uh, that uh, we knew as a text-based programming language. For software purposes, I used uh, LabVIEW, which is National Instruments uh, Graphical Programming Language. Basically, it allows you to visualize the flow of your program instead of sequential lines of uh, the text code. For the hardware, I use the MyRio device, uh, which is um, 
a hardware embedded computer that allowed me really fast prototyping just to prove that the concept works and uh, hence it gives me motivation to continue and try to improve the, the cane. With this, are there going to be different types of cane tips available? The little tips at the bottom, like will there be different kinds of ball tips, marshmallow tips? Currently, I use the cane that I used. Um, it has a ball tip and uh, I'm going with this design so far. Later iterations, I want to include uh, other types of, uh, of tips with uh, the sensor inside them. Still, there is room for improvement as uh, the, the sensor obviously has to point out in front of uh, the cane, so it will be able to notify the user. And um, something that I will need to work on is gonna be this topic, how to make sure that the sensor will always pointing forward. So making sure that that sensor always points forward in that same direction that the person's going, correct? Exactly. I see how that works. Okay. Um, have you done any test runs with blind people? Have you given them this cane and let them try it out? A few people have reached out to me and uh, they have tried the cane. One of them was uh, the blind journalist, Mohamed Salim Patel, who works for the BBC here in Manchester. And the other one was from BBC Radio 4 that tested the cane and gave me, both of them gave me uh, quite useful feedback as the ways to improve the cane. Mm, okay, are you going to go around the world and promote the cane in the future? Um, I would love to do if possible. Uh, obviously, the um, the doctorate at the university uh, doesn't allow me much free time. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, I'm quite passionate about it and I want to uh, define, to redefine and make new iterations which will be better for the user and the cane. As for example, I would like to uh, reduce the size of the computer that I use, build a better enclosure, make it more durable and uh, try to make it as power efficient as possible uh, so the user will not have to charge or do anything about the cane. It will be there and it will be, use it will be useful. Let's talk about the future of my smart cane. You plan to add a second embedded computer, 3D audio feedback, and a GPS sensor. How might these three new features help my smart cane users improve their experiences with using the device? Um, I would like to uh, make the my smart cane a little bit more sophisticated uh, in uh, in few iterations. Um, hence, if I manage to add a second um, embedded computer, uh, which uh, will be able to analyze the obstacles, they will be able to uh, define standing from moving obstacles. Uh, and uh, that's where the GPS sensor will become useful, if possible, uh, by recording where the, uh, where the standing obstacles are. Uh, will be able to map them. Now, that's quite ambitious, and uh, that might not be uh, the reality, <laughs> uh, but that's what I was planning on doing. Now, is the cane, like, say, your mobile phone going to have to be plugged into the computer in order to update all of the GPS information and where everything is? 
in the world? The GPS sensor goes forward, and uh, if the test show that this that it's something that can work, then it can also feature uh, Bluetooth connectivity that can notify you, for example, in your smartwatch or if you have wireless earphones, uh, without with no further hassling of any cables uh, to notify you about the obstacles that they're coming, and uh, that's why th that's how the idea of a GPS uh, sensor that seemingly, seemingly uh, excuse me, uh, seamlessly um, uploads data to your to your uh, phone while it notifies you as well for the obstacles uh, came into my mind. Now, with that Bluetooth technology, sometimes there can be interferences of some Bluetooth devices with others. Are you worried about that? Like, if the cane moves around and in public, is it going to interfere with other people's Bluetooth devices, for instance? Um, I'm quite confident that uh, the Bluetooth communication will be secure and uh, it will not disturb the user. It will not give any false information to the user. Uh, but unfortunately, Brian, this is kind of, uh, of uh, theoretical, if I may, as I haven't tested yet. So things will change as uh, I'm moving towards the implementation of uh, those thoughts. Certainly will. So what else is in the future works for the project? Um, different way of feedback. Um, I know that uh, my mother has... Uh, some hearing loss as well, so I wouldn't like to constrain her uh, hearing. Um, so I, I was thinking as the one of the first iterations would have been a vibration, uh, a vibration in the handle of the cane to give you the exact same feedback as the sound. Uh, furthermore. As I mentioned before, uh, I would like to reduce the size of uh, the computer that I'm using as uh, it will be able to fit on the enclosure itself as well and then make the enclosure more durable, of course, so I will be able to protect both the sensor and the computer of uh, the cane. That's fabulous. You want to create that vibration technology with the new cane for the deaf, especially the deafblind. Now, how can people provide you feedback or any any of our listeners provide the company National Instruments feedback on the new cane if they have any questions? Um, well, there is um, a video on uh, YouTube, of course, about the My Smart Cane, the video of the project, or in the page of National Instruments where you found information about uh, the, the project itself. Uh, further th furthermore, uh, there is, I'm also on the social media and uh, I'm taking some feedback there as well uh, whenever it's possible. I'm going to put uh, the National Instruments page on the project, also your University of Manchester article. I'm also going to put up uh, your email address, if that's okay with you, if our listeners would like to get in touch with you, if they have any questions. And also yes, the YouTube course. video. Yes, the YouTube video. Yes. Now I remember. Of course, nice. Uh, yes, I will be more than happy to do that. Um, as I mentioned, I it, it's quite uh, the motivation I'm getting from the people that are reaching out about the project is uh, quite significant to me as um, it gives me fuel to bring a second iteration as well. When my smart cane comes out in the worldwide market, when and where 
is it going to be available for purchase, do you think? Uh, to be completely honest with you, Brian, purchases is something that uh, I haven't uh, thought that much. Uh, the reason behind that is uh, the project currently is open source, and uh, I would I would prefer if I, I would like it if I managed to continue to have it open source. Everyone will be able to access uh, all the source files that they need and all the information that they need. Um, currently, I would I would prefer if uh, I keep uh, the cost, for example, as uh, low as possible in order to uh, assure uh, certain things, as uh, for example that uh, the cane will be functional and uh, also trustworthy, that it will work. We talked a little bit about how our listeners can learn about uh, my smart cane. Um, definitely the future demonstrations and all of that's going to be in the future. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, <clears throat> the, the only thing I would like to add is that uh, every feedback, every little bit of feedback will be very useful. Um, and um, I would really love to see the white cane out there being used, the, the my smart cane out there being used by people and take the feedback. Um, it's uh, a user innovation. Uh, it, it's user innovation what I'm trying to do, and hence um, I know that I'm not going to be able to satisfy everyone, but I welcome the feedback as uh, that will help in making a better a better a better cane and our listeners i'm sure will give it to you boz i first want to express our appreciation for your efforts to develop this advanced mobility device my smart cane will make it easier for the blind to walk the streets safely thanks so much for joining us today you are very welcome brian thank you very much for having me You're very welcome. And before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind, or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website at speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org. And my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash the dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. Yeah, yeah, keep going there. Yeah, oh, come on, dog.
I gotta get home and have a beer. Hello. Ah, uh, woman, I told you not to call me here at work again. Women, she nearly made me miss Friday Night Free For All with Larry Turnbull. He rocks out every Friday night from 7 to 10 p.m. right here on ACB Radio Interactive. Yeah, yeah, keep going there. Yeah. Oh, come on, doggy. The American Council of the Blind has established the Legacy Society to honor and recognize individuals who have communicated their intentions to include ACB in their estate plans via a bequest or another type of planned gift. We want to acknowledge individuals for including ACB in their will while they are still living so that we can thank them for their commitment to perpetuating ACB's good work for years to come. Says ACB President Kim Charlson, more information about the Legacy Society and how you can help is available from Tom Tobin, Director of Development at ttobin, T-T-O-B-I-N, at acb.org, or by phone at 800-424-8666, option 5. Thank you for listening to ACB Radio and for considering ACB's future financial needs.